The seventh edition of the Flushing's Finest podcast starts right now. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! Lopez wants it away. And it's hit deep to left center, Andrew Jones on the run, this one has a chance, home run, Mike Piazza, and the Mets lead 3-2! to Welcome to another edition of the Flushing's Finest Podcast. I am your host, Josh Marlowe. And once again, I am joined by long reliever Anthony Pagnotta. He is back today. Can you take me out? I, I think- have now been in for eight innings of a game as a long reliever. <laughs> Anybody. Do we have someone warming up? Anyone. You you just may be the podcast host version of when the Mets played. Was it was it 22 winnings against the Cardinals that one time? Was it was it was it twenty two? Yeah, you're you're just gonna be the long reliever until Willie P shows back up. <laughs> They've also got some other things. Willie that- is Willie. So I got a question: Is Willie at this point? Is he even in Triple uh, A? I I think at this point he may actually be in High A ball. I don't know like, what he's doing. My gosh, I I, I mean, I'm telling you. I really do think uh, him and Jed Lowry may be hanging out because we 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 saw him for a small portion of spring training and we haven't seen him since. Very similar to what we saw with Jed Lowry. Yeah, Willie's probably over in the in the K corner at City Field or just you know rem, you know basking and reminiscing all the good times while he was watching Mets highlights while he was in Singapore. Oh, I hear he's hanging out uh, with Lenny Dykstra. Um, God, I hope not. Just yeah, no, that's 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 pretty rough. <laughs> Good Lord, but uh, we're coming to you. We're on the eve of opening day. I mean, this is, oh. it's it's finally. Oh, yes. It's it's finally here. I have thought about opening day since the final out of game three against the Padres. Like, I was ready to go. Really? That long? Okay. Yeah. Once, once the season came to an end and I said some few choice words and got over the initial anger and disappointment of another postseason failure. I've been ready for this moment. It was another exciting offseason to be a Met fan. Um, you know, you get Justin Verlander in, in Queens. You thought you had uh, Carlos Correa coming, and then, you know, he has the worst ankle a doctor's ever seen in his entire life, so he doesn't end up he, he in the may, orange and blue. He may or may not have an ankle. We're still unclear <laughs> as to whether or not. But we, we sit here. It's it's on the eve of opening day. Uh, we kind of broke down this matchup on the last edition of the pod, but, of course, the Mets start their season in Miami. That game will come your way at 410 tomorrow. Of course, SNY, uh, SNY for all of us Mets fans. Oh. Oh, they got the new intro too, man. Oh, dude, oh. it's beautiful, isn't it? Oh my gosh! Oh, it's gonna be so great. And they they did the right thing. They not only paid all these players to come in, they paid Keith Hernandez. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh man, what um, a day! Yeah, we, we what we, a day. We get to hear the best crew in baseball, and they and they they get to they get to break down what should be 
a fun pitching matchup as we went over in the last edition. You've got our ace, Max Scherzer, going against their ace and Sandy Alcantara, and it's just going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to feel there, there's going to be a lot of hope and promise in the air, as there is every opening day. And I and this is something that I didn't really even maybe believe until I got back into baseball like I have gotten now. Virtually every team that will walk on the diamond tomorrow and every team will play, which is amazing. It's beautiful. All 30 teams will be will be on the field. There will be baseball on for roughly, I believe, 12 hours or so of the day tomorrow. Every team will walk out there with the hopes and the dreams of winning a World Series championship. Maybe except the Pirates because their fans may uh, – I mean, are they at the point where they just think – yeah, they have fans? Happening. No, nah, not really. Yeah, no, nah, they're there. They're 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 not they're not hopeful, but they're there. So, you know, you know, like that's one thing I'm looking because you know for the Mets, it's like yeah, we'll get to go out there and we'll get to see the team with the highest payroll in baseball and mm-hmm. and know that 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 dream can become a reality. And this team won 100, 101 games a year ago. You could argue that maybe they even got a little bit better in some areas this offseason we're gonna come we're gonna come through with some season predictions here coming up but oh yeah you know just the feeling tomorrow of knowing we got 162 times to go out there and prove ourselves is is a is a is a, is a good feeling and as I've said since you know we got this pod up and running this is the most excited I've been for a season of a team of mine since UNC basketball in 2015-2016 I have thought about this season all year long. I have spent a lot of money on gear to wear while I watch this team all season long. So hopefully they don't disappoint me because if they do, I'll just go buy more gear when I'm depressed and sad after what could be multiple Met losses. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you are buying Mets gear when they make you depressed and sad, you may have, I mean, a wardrobe that could clothe the entire U.S. military when it's all said and done. Like... I mean, dude, this is this is what this is what the Mets have typically done. It's it's a weird feeling because you know, as a Mets fan, for the most part, you come in with a lot of excitement, and usually there's that feeling that at some point things are going to go wrong. And I think in a lot of people's minds, you're wondering, have we already seen enough go wrong to take some of the steam out of? you know, how we're feeling going into opening day. It's weird. I know you don't have Edwin Diaz, but I still feel pretty confident about this team. Yep. So do I. It sucks because you, you, you're you talking about a guy that is now the highest paid closer in the game for the right reasons, coming off of his best season by far at the major league level, not being available to you. But there's still there's still a lot of confidence and, you know, you're not going to judge everything off of what you see tomorrow. There will be some people that if, if the Mets come out and struggle, see, I told you this team wasn't good. Uh, well, I don't know why why he's from Atlanta or whatever. But, um, I mean, look, the Mets, historically tremendous on opening day. No one probably will ever catch them in terms of their record on opening day, or at least winning percentage, I should say, on opening day. They're 40-21. and 21. Yep. Since the franchise began in 1962. It's usually, in some years, the happiest day of the year. Yeah, oh, oh, I mean, usually they open up usually pretty well. They'll usually get off to a hot start in the first series or two and really get you feeling it, even with the real crappy teams. But this team in particular, 
Like, I, I, I feel I, – I'm with you. I think this is the most excited that I've been for a season probably since those mid to late 2000s teams. Yeah. Like, those teams with David Wright and Jose Reyes, they were – I mean, they, they, they really did get you excited. You really believed that that team could go deep in the postseason. Um, the thing is, is that, I mean, those teams somewhat similarly built to this year's team and that – you know, you had some really good pitching there, but a lot of it were was older guys, guys that were on the back end of their career. Pedro Martinez is the guy that kind of headlines that group. But I don't know. I, I did, This team, it, it just feels a little bit different with the stars that you've got there. I like the depth of the roster overall. Um, I, I think you, you've got a, a better lineup this year. I still question that DH spot. But other than that, I feel pretty confident about where this team's at. And the good news is they're opening against a team that they've had a lot of success against on opening day. So I think we can walk away with a win tomorrow against Sandy Alcantara and the Marlins. Yeah, you mentioned the Mets 40-21 and 21 on opening day. That's the best winning percentage in baseball at 656, poor point six fifty six. You mentioned that they've had success against the Marlins on opening day. They've they've never lost to them, and they've outscored them eighteen to four all time on in in those opening day matchups. The only blunder for the Mets on opening day is that in March they're just they're just two and three all time. Um, but how many times are you starting a game with a Hall of Famer like Max Scherzer on the mound? You don't really know, and so. Um, you know, this is a team that, as you as you mentioned, historically they they get off to a, a really good start, um, especially the first game of the year. And I think the expectation and the belief is that what is that what that will continue tomorrow against just a All Star Cy Young caliber type of pitcher, but a but a one but a pitcher last year that the Mets faced twice in Miami scored four, four runs against him in both starts. You hope that does carry over into tomorrow's uh, game to set the tone for what we're hoping is going to be a fun, exciting 2023 season. And with that, we're going to go and make some predictions for the upcoming season. We've got some true-false, some over-unders, and some just general predictions as well. And we'll start with, I, I think, I know he's my favorite everyday player. I think he's your second favorite everyday player behind Brandon Nemo, but that's the oh, first baseman. Love me some Nemo. That's the polar bear. That's oh, yeah. Pete Alonzo. We know how important he is to this Mets lineup. He showed a level of plate discipline last year that you know um, we, we 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 were really encouraged by. He set the club record for RBIs while he led the NL in RBIs. And so I'll simply ask you: Does Pete Alonzo lead the entire National League in dingers this year? Um. See, this is your problem. I I set this up. Yeah. First of all, you did not tell the people that we are starting with true-false. And you are supposed to read the statement off and say, true or false? Pete Alonzo leads I said, the yeah, NL I said we're going to start with some true-false. Maybe I didn't. No, you said we got we got some true false over under team predictions, and then the way you phrased that. Well, you know when I you said, said we got does some he... true false that would legibly that's what we're going to start with. Okay, well, uh, you know what though, you you want to lay it out. You, you're just all I'm saying is your game your game show host uh, experience is is a little light. There, you, you know, a little criticism for you, but I'm no Pat Sajak. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, hmm. This one's tough, man, because they're 
I, I yeah, I really think I think w- with how healthy he is, I'll go true. Really, I I really do. I think he can get to that fifty home run mark uh, this season. I, I I think, you know, we we saw last year a, a disciplined guy at the plate, but still was able to hit the long ball at a pretty consistent rate. I, I think that's going to last again this year. I think you'll 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 see a guy that'll be locked in from the start because. I mean, we saw he, he looked really, really good in spring training before he left for the World Baseball Classic. He looked just as good, if not better, when he came back from the World Baseball Classic. I think Pete Alonzo actually leads the NL in home runs. Not Major League Baseball, though. I think that'll be the other dude in New York. But, yes, NL, true. I'm going to go true as well. They're moving in the fence in that right field corner. Oh, and, yeah, and, putting in that restaurant, yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, because Pete does have the ability to go – you know, Oppo, I I do feel like he'll be able to shoot some balls over the fence. Oppo taco. You know, uh, uh, th- that way as well. And I think it would just be a lot of be a lot of fun for a guy that hasn't yet gotten his, his first – he hasn't gotten his major contract. He's made a lot of money playing professional baseball, but he hasn't yet, you know, secured the bag, so to speak, as the kids say. If he were to, you know, lead the NL in home runs the year after he, he set a club record – and led the NL in RBIs, it'd be really hard for Uncle Stevie, who's got unlimited uh, funds and resources, to not pay whatever it takes to keep the one of the fan favorites on the team in flushing for years to come. Moving on next, true or false, new pitcher Kodai Singa, the guy we're all the most intrigued about in this Mets rotation. True or false, will he be named an all-star in 23? I'm going to go with false. Really? I think a lot of people are going to be critical of that. My thing is, is I don't think that he will pitch to a level where he won't be a guy in consideration. I think there are probably just too many pitchers in the National League that he's going to have to navigate through. I mean, you're talking about Alcantara who they're going to face. Um, you know, you'll you'll have probably Max Freed will be a guy that'll that'll be there. Clayton Kershaw is always there. Um, the Dodgers, I mean, they've got so – there'll be some guy that we didn't even consider that will come out of nowhere. But, I mean, they got Gonsolin, uh, Urias. I mean, they, there are so many different guys. And then you, when you look at even his own team. Yeah, Scherzer and Verlander. I mean, he's the third best, right? Like, you would expect those two. I think both of those guys will – be in consideration. If not, both will be all-stars. So I just, I think there's just too much in front of him. I think he's going to be a really, really, he's going to have a really, really good year. But I just, when it comes to the all-star game, that's that's asking a lot with how many great pitchers are in the National League. I'm going to go true because, oh, of, because of the role fan voting plays in selecting reserves and it's stuff a good like point. that. Yeah. The, because if, if he... Even if he's not a rock star, if he is what he is in the rotation, if he's the Mets number three, the amount of fanfare he's going to get, of course, locally in New York, but then globally. We've seen how much Shea Otani has really helped Who? grow the game. Shohei. That's what I said. You said Shea Otani. No, I said Shohei Otani. <laughs> uh, the way he has really helped grow the game, I think Singa could do, you know, maybe not to the same level. But have that same type of impact. You put him on a team like the Mets, he'll be a lot more marketable. Um, you know, even though Otani is marketed as good as any star right now in baseball, um, it's just that gonna, ain't saying much. It's going to be different. 
I say true. Um, but the mm. next one, I'm going to go ahead and say false too, and that is Jeez. do do they have three starting pitchers win 15 games? So who are you saying doesn't win 15 games then? Scherzer. Wow. Are you saying that because of injury? or I, I, I feel like there will be, you know, and look, with the way that they're going to use the six-man rotation when they play – Ten straight days, you know. I, I think you know that that that'll play a role in it. And yes, you look at him the last three years; he's gotten hurt, and I don't want to see him get hurt. Um, I think we're 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 suited to handle if he does get hurt, but also think it, it benefits the Mets to give these guys starts off in June and July if they are in a position to do so. I think he'll pitch a lot more innings, and mm-hmm. I think he'll. And it won't be like as much time as he missed last year. If he didn't miss a month and a half last year, he would have qualified for Cy Young consideration. Um, but but I, I I think Verlander, you know that that velocity is hasn't dipped in the spring. I do think Singa will get fifteen because you know his number three is going to be better than most number threes that he's going up against. But I do say false to that statement. I will say true. Um, I think the top three have a really great chance to do so. And remember, there were two guys that won 15 games a year ago. Scherzer was not one of them. Yep. Of course, Jake wasn't one of them because of how injured he was. You had Chris Bassett, who's gone, but he was in that third role, so that could lend well for Senga. The other one was Carlos Carrasco. Yep. And I know he's struggled so far in spring training. I, I got to admit, a little concerned with him. But I think you've got guys that are capable of doing that with Carrasco, especially if he's going to be your number five. Carrasco will have the favorable matchup more often than not. That is a tremendous five at the end of your rotation, considering some of the guys that the Mets have had there over the years. Um, So I'll say true. I I do think it's the top three that ultimately end up getting there. I think Scherzer plays in enough games. I think Verlander's going to be dominant. I think Willie P's just absolutely insane to think that this is a guy that's just over the hill. This dude just won the Cy Young last year in the AL. I mean, I don't really know. The dude's a a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I mean – is he the best pitcher of this generation? I mean, he's up there, and I've also you know? heard, I cannot confirm this, but I'm not going to deny it. Here we go. That making love to Kate Upton does keep you young. It does something. I mean, I, I got to tell you, he must have some tremendous leg strength. <laughs> um, but I, I, I and, and I think Senga gets there as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go true. I think that this is one of the strengths of this Met team is their starting rotation, and I think they come through big. Coming up next, or, or up next, with Edwin Diaz set to all right. miss all of the 2023 year, David Robertson is going to be forced into that primary role as the Mets' closer. True or false, does he record 30 saves this season? Ooh. Oh, man, this, this one's tough. If you got time to think, I've got my answer. Yeah, go you, you you go ahead. Let me let me get. I say false because I I I think they make a move for a bona fide locked in closer. Yeah, because and, and, and it, I agree with that. I'll I, say and, false too. And, and I don't think it's going to be at any fault of Robertson. I think if you put him in that role, I I I think, I think you could sell me on a path to where he does an effective job. 
But you look at the division that you're playing against, you're not playing against two other playoff type of teams. You're playing against a team that won the NL pennant a year ago and a team that two years ago won the World Series, that being the, the Phillies and the Braves. Both those teams have a legitimate chance to get back to the World Series and win a championship. Then you just look at the NL as a whole with the Dodgers, with the Padres, St. Louis, because they're just always good. Oh, my God. And then you look yep. at the fact that with the new schedule, you play all – you play every team in baseball now. I got to tell you, uh, outside of the Astros, I'm looking forward to playing the AL Central and AL West teams, though. Those will be pretty nice. So I, I just feel like I feel like they're going to be put in a position to where if they want to be the type of team they want to be, they're going to have to make a move that, that fully solidifies that back end of the bullpen because I, I just don't think you can go into a situation hoping and praying that Robertson is that guy because if it doesn't and it blows up in your face, and you don't make a move, waiting till the trade deadline may may, may not be it, the it, the the clock may have already struck zero on on your season. Yeah, I mean, I I I would agree with you that I don't think he gets there. I think the Mets will strongly consider making a move there. I feel like, I don't know I, if it's. I feel like they'll have they'll have a trade done by May. I really do. Oh man, I see. I don't know about that. That's because I, I don't. My thing is, I don't think he's going to be. I don't see him struggling in that role. I, don't I think he's going to be that bad, but I think I think they're going to look at it and say. I mean, look, when you got the payroll the Mets have, yep. You know, you've got to operate with a sense of urgency. Here, here's my thing. Do I think he could be their closer for the entire season? I think it's possible. This is asking a lot to get to 30 saves, though. You got to think. Edwin Diaz has thir- had 32 a year. Mm-hmm. So 30, that's 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 a lot. But it feels like the Mets could be in a lot of close games like that. I think he comes up short. I think the Mets will make a move at the deadline to try to move him back into a more comfortable role as sort of that seventh, maybe eighth inning guy, depending on – what Adovino does this year. I mean, as we know with pitching, man, it's year to year. So I I, I say he comes up short, but I, I think he will do a really solid job for the Mets before what I think will be a trade deadline acquisition of an expiring closer. Two more true-false scenarios for you. True or false, Brett Beatty or Mark Viento start a third of the games in 23 for the Orange and Blue? I will say true, and it will be Mark Vientos. I think Mark Vientos will be this team's DH, and I don't think it will take that long. I think there's a chance that he could be the DH for half the season because I think Vogelbach will probably struggle to hit for average once again this year. I just... We, we saw it in, in spring training. It, it just wasn't there for him. I think Vientos will thrive at the AAA level. I think they call him up, and he feels like one of those dudes. You you mentioned, you know, when talking about him, Michael Conforto, kind of the type of guy he could be. I think that's what he will be. Um, I think when he comes up, you won't be able to send him back down. So, yeah, I think he plays a third of the games this year for the Mets. Beatty, eh, we'll see on that one. I think it's a possibility, though. I'm going to say true for both. I think Beatty will emerge mm. as this team's everyday third baseman, and I think wow. Vientos nice. will be this team's DH. I hope so. You know, I, I dude, I I love Daniel Vogelbach because he's everything that I that I am today. He is short. 
He is stocky and he's and he's good looking. He's uh, less stocky though. He's lost the weight a little bit. So yeah, credit him. I am short. I am stocky and I am also oh, good stocky looking. Stocky is putting it light. And you know, <laughs> he's just had a soft contact spring. It's like me with the ladies. I mean, it's just not a whole lot going. You know, he's not going. Uh, he's not what? going all the way. He's not hitting home runs. Oh, is it big. when you're with the ladies? Is there a lot of uh, a lot of soft contact? I mean, it's usually just <laughs> a, you know, like maybe she. Touched I think that my, backfired on you, bud. You know, she might have just touched my shoulder, and you know, that's that's about as far as I got. And, and so I look at these guys. First of it, a, first a lot of it is just I, I have a man crush on Beatty. I want him to be in that everyday lineup because, you know, I, he I, he gives he he really do. I said it last year when he first came up before the comparisons were rolling in. He gives you David Wright. Vibes, well, I mean, also man. like look, oh. look how veteran this this clubhouse is. Scherzer, Verlander, you got you know Alonzo's now a vet. You got Lindor, McNeil. Hell, Buck's one of the veteran managers. <laughs> you in know, the sport. like. He he would bring a little kid feel to that clubhouse, and uh, a lot of teams usually respond to that in a, in a really in a positive type of way. And mm-hmm. then you know Vientos, I think it's just we saw him when he was here in Charlotte with Syracuse. I mean, you saw what he could do at the plate with the bat. And so I just think I just think they're too talented to spend too much time down there in AAA. And we've already lamented our, our concerns about Eduardo Escobar being this team's everyday third baseman. The last one for you, true or false, it's another guy that will start the season down in AAA. True or false, does Francisco Alvarez play all season long with AAA Syracuse? I'm going to say yes. I think there's a reason, or true. I I can't even do the game. I'm going to say true. I, I just, I think there's a reason that they went out and got Omar Nervaez. He's going to, you know, Take over that James McCann role, praying to God he hits better than James McCann. Which I mean, if he shows up and swings the bat, as long as he bats two twenty, he'll. I mean, that. he'll hit. He'll hit better than that. I mean, geez. Um, but I, 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 I think those two guys will one be playing well enough to have confidence in them, and two, I, I, I still think Alvarez needs seasoning. I, I maybe I'm overreacting. This spring was a little scary mm-hmm. for him in terms of his abilities at the plate to hit the ball because I get it, you know, it's it's there, there is a lot of pressure on him as the number one overall prospect in the sport. I'm not saying that I don't think he will eventually be a great player, but we saw when he came up to AAA last year, he struggled a little bit, and he eventually got it going. But it feels like in spring training, he should have been able to somewhat carry that over because you're still playing guys that are triple-A, double-A, some even high-A ball Mm -hmm. in spring training. And he was, at at times, just terrible. So, I don't know. I think he might need this whole season. We heard Buck say that, and and I I, I think this ends up being true, unfortunately. Yep, I say true as well because I don't think Buck would have said it if Buck didn't mean it. You know, that was Yeah, that, he's uh, not one to say stuff like that if he doesn't mean it. It was a very straightforward answer. I think a lot of it is just I mean, sure it's stuff at the plate, but I mean also I think it's behind the plate. Putting him in a position to catch Verlander and Scherzer. I mean, those are two veteran guys. They want an experienced guy when 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 they're on the mound and well, oh. look, the ideal the ideal situation would be he performs so well in AAA 
They eventually call him up midseason, and at the trade deadline, you can either trade Nervaez or Nito, whoever's playing well. That that would be the the scenario you would hope for, but I just – He's got so many strikes. Uh, to me, I'm not concerned about him behind the plate. I think that's where, when you look at him as an overall prospect, that's where there's a lot of encouragement, and that was the area that the Mets lacked for so many years at was defensively behind the plate. But I just, I, I'm, I need to see more consistency from him at the plate before I can, I, I can trust him to even be a guy that comes in and plays one game out of a three-game series. That's where I'm at. Let's do some over-unders here. We'll start with uh, Francisco Lindor. Mm -hmm. Over-under, does Francisco Lindor hit over or under 29.5 home runs in 23? I'm going to go over. You know, he had a stretch in Cleveland where he hit over 30 home runs in three straight seasons. Mm -hmm. Last year, best season with the Mets. I think that's only going to grow for him this year. Uh, because we, you know, we've seen how well he's played in spring training. I'll go over. I'll go uh, in the thirties. I'm gonna go over as well. He looked comfortable last year in New York for the first time, and I think he'll be even more comfortable uh, this time around as well. He's still an elite shortstop in the field. I think he'll return to being a, being a a threat in that Mets lineup because he does have the power. Like you know, like you said, he he did it in Cleveland. He can do it in New York, and I think with them moving that right field fence in, you will see some different home run numbers in this Mets lineup this season. The next guy that we'll do an over under four is Squirrel, old Jeff McNeil. Last year he hit three twenty six. Mm-hmm. Will he hit over or under that average this season? I think he goes under. He's kind of been struggling here, and I know again spring training. Just yeah, how how much do you really put into it? But he's been struggling to hit the ball just a little bit here out of the gate. I think, you know, 326 is a really, really strong average. I don't think it'll be much further below. I don't think there's any chance that he finishes below 300. But I think it will be a little bit lower. I'll go under. I'm going to go under as well. We live in an, a time where if you bat 280 or better, you're an elite hitter. So 326, I mean, he's a world-class hitter mm-hmm. in 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 today's game. So even if he bats... 315 or 309 or whatever. I mean, he's still going to be contending for a batting title. If not, he's going to finish you know, in the top three in that category. When you're a contact hitter like he is, I think your average is going to fluctuate a little bit. But this guy is a career over 300 hitter. I think that number dips, but I still think he bats above 300. Here's an interesting one, but given oh, yes. the, the ones are given. How many Mets uh, or how many times the Mets got hit with the baseball last year? And Mark Canna set a club record for how many times he was hit by a pitch last year. We have it set at 24 and a half. Does Canna get hit over or under 24 and a half times this year? Over. I think he does um, it on purpose. Well, look, last two years he's led Major League Baseball and hit by pitches. 27 the year before last year in Oakland. 28 last year with the Mets. Yeah, he, he, he gets hit over 25 again this year. I, I'm actually going to go way out there. I think he gets hit more than 30 times this wow. year. Wow. I'm going to I'm gonna go under just because it, because if this happens for like a third straight year, I don't know. How does this dude walk, by yeah. the way? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then like also, like at some point, wouldn't Buck just start getting mad at his own guys for getting hit as frequently as they're getting hit? Well, here's the thing. This is the reason why I think there's a better chance that it's over this year. 
do you not think with the pitch clock sort of rushing some things, you'll you'll see some of these balls get away from these pitchers? And it seems like with him more than anybody, if it gets away from the pitcher, it ain't going behind him, it ain't bouncing in the dirt in front of him, it's hitting him square in the back, the leg, the buttocks, wherever. Yeah, no, you're right. That That is a good point. Two more over-unders here. Uh, team stolen bases, 74-and-a-half to the Mets steal over or under that many bags this year. So this one, I mean, I don't even know how long it's been since the Mets have even come close to this. This, this might actually be since Jose Reyes was yeah. in his prime on the team. Um, the numbers have just been pathetic, but the Mets have a lot more speed this year than it that than really in any year here recently. They also, you know, with the bigger bag, it seems like people have been more aggressive. Uh, just from watching spring training, it, it it seems more difficult to throw guys out. Mm. That's a, that's still. I mean, they had sixty two last year. So you're talking about if I'm going over, that's 75. That's still 13 more. I'll go slightly under, but I do think the Mets get to 70 this year for the first time in a while. I'm going to go under as well. I'd love to see the this part of the game really return to full form. And and maybe the, the thing that really makes me worry about this is like, you know, you didn't really see a lot of it with the shift because so many teams are focused on hitting home runs and stuff like that. Now the shift is is it's not banned, but it, it's altered to a level to where it makes it kind of even tougher to, to once again steal bases. I'd love to see it return to the game, and you see some teams use it a lot, but I will go under as well, which brings us to our final over-under, David Peterson. He's he, uh, he's a guy that you will see in the Mets rotation. You'll see him as a starter, as a starter and you'll see him come out of the bullpen. Does he get over under seven and a half wins? I will go over for David Peterson this year. I, I feel pretty confident, uh, especially in the role that he's going to be in now. The thing that sucks is that he was supposed to be the sixth guy with Jose Quintana in the rotation. That is no longer the case, but I still think you'll see that six-man rotation with Tyler McGill at times. I think that'll take a little bit of pressure off of him, all the other guys that are in front of him. Um, I, I, I think he can get to that seven, over that seven-and-a-half win mark. I think he can get to 80. He won seven games last year, and that was with some inconsistencies. I think this year he can get to at least eight. I think he could, I, I think he could maybe, maybe get to double digits, but I think he'll probably get to about eight or nine. I'm going to go over just because of his role, where he is going to be a starter. Then, of course, he you know he will transition to a bullpen guy or the team's start you know the sixth starter when they go to a six man rotation. And that the more opportunities you pitch in different formats gives you more chances. I think to win games. And, and I, this is a guy that you know we've really liked him really since the COVID year. He's done a lot of good things, stabilizing this rotation after injury after injury. I'll go over for David Peterson's seven and a half wins, which now brings us to some some predictions for the year. We'll start with win with with win total for the Mets. They won 101 games a year ago. I'll go first and say because I kind of said this really right off the jump. I don't think they win 101 games this year. 
No, but no, I think I, don't, I agree with that. But I think they're a better baseball team than they were a year ago. Different schedule means that your the record is going to be somewhat altered. I think this team wins ninety two games. Hmm. I think this team wins ninety five. Uh, I like like you said. I think it's weird because this is kind of what I felt a couple of weeks ago. I think what it is is that. If, let's say, Edwin Diaz was still healthy. Oh, then this number would be like 98. I think it'd be over 100 at this point. Maybe. Because I think with the injury to Reese Hoskins, the Phillies will, they will have to be one of those teams that will probably sort of rally late in the season to pick up their wins. I just with that injury that well, when you combine it with Bryce Harper's, that's a that's a team that's beat up. Yep. So I think if Diaz was healthy, I would be confident to go there. I still say ninety five. I think the top end of this rotation, it that is about as good of a three as you will see in Major League Baseball. I really like the way that Alonzo and Lindor are hitting the ball. They're your two best players. We know how consistent McNeil is, Nimmo is. Um, I, I'm I'm hoping that you get Starling Marte healthy for majority of the season because as he showed last year, uh, he is a more than capable player of helping you. And like you know, like I said, I think one of the guys that could be a breakout player for this team when he eventually comes up in my mind will be Mark Vientos, I really think that the Mets will have enough firepower in the lineup. They've got the pitching. I like the bullpen as well. I don't think it's outstanding. I don't think it's one of the best in the league, but I think you've got some really quality guys at the back end of that bullpen. Um, I I think they get to 95 wins this year. All right, so you've got them at 95. I got them at 92. Do the yes. Mets see October? Do the, do, do the Mets see October and playoff baseball for a second straight year? A hundred percent. Yes. Um, I think there may have been some reactions from people, maybe ourselves, when Edwin Diaz went down that said, "Oh yeah, this team ain't even making the playoffs." Those may have been rather hasty. Um, no, I mean to be fair, uh, the man that was on one edition of the podcast and has since gone missing. Um, He did say after Correa that this team would win 83 games and miss the playoffs. (laughs) He did. So, um, to me, I mean, look, if this team misses the playoffs, do Buck Showalter ain't going to be here next year. And I don't want to think about that. So, and I just, there is way too much talent on this team to not make the playoffs. Yeah, they will be firmly in the playoffs, yes. I'm with you. I I think even at 92, I do think this team does see October baseball, which now leads us to the most important question. Do the Mets, for the first time since 1986, do they win the World Series in 2023? No. I don't think so either. I don't even think they make it there. I don't think they make it either either. I think they will make the NLCS. God, so do I. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I think they'll make the NLCS. Uh, I just think they they run out of steam there. The pro- The question is going to be which team they end up meeting there. Um, and I don't know. I've, I've got a sickening feeling that it's going to be the Braves. Yep. <laughs> so, so do I. That's probably where I'll go. I wanted to say the Padres, but I just I can't believe in that team. That, that is one of those teams that until they actually do it, 
I mean, I can't really believe it, in them. It's it's hard to not believe in them when their lineup might be the best lineup in baseball. Bob Melvin's a hell of a manager. They're the Padres, though. Just like just like and people they went say to with the us. NLCS just a year ago, and beat us on their way but there. But the thing is, I'm saying, are they going to take that next step and make the World Series? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, look, they went all in. They added Xander Bogarts this offseason, so. It's very possible. I don't know. I'm with you though. I I I I don't think I don't think the Mets win the World Series. I don't think they win an NL pennant. Um, I think they make the NLCS. But the damn Braves just have our number right now. Yeah, and it just it just feels like you know. Look, they lost Freddie Freeman. They they replace him with Matt Olson. They lose Dansby Swanson. I know internally they have some questions about how they're going to replace him. All they've done is replace all-star talent or all-star players with all-star players. They've got an aggressive GM. They're the new Dodgers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And 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 so I I I think that I think that's the team that we bow out to, which sucks because I mean outs I mean cuz I think it's fair we hate them more than we hate the Yankees, right? Like, I mean, I loathe. I do. I loathe the, the Atlanta Braves. I do, but here's the thing. I guess it depends on where you live. So, if you're someone that's listening to us in New York, you're probably going to disagree with that. It, down here in the South, if you live anywhere in the South, it, you absolutely, really, North Carolina South. Yeah. You absolutely I hate, hate them. everything about I the Braves. I mean, I literally, I hate everything about, you know, the tomahawk chop. I hate their uniforms. I hate their bald-headed manager. Um, I hate their mascot. You, you would, the thing about them is, is you would think that this is a franchise that all they have done is win championships. And that's not really true. I mean, yeah, they, they are, they are the most recent team to win a championship in this division. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. But they're also a team that has been there a lot and come up short in the playoffs. So that's what I think is most hateable about them. And the other thing is, is that at this point, they just they absolutely hate the Mets. Yeah. Um, they do. The Phillies do, although I don't even do the Phillies hate the Mets or do they hate Keith Hernandez? At this I think point? the Phillies hate everything. I mean, yeah, that's true. Except horse poop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so yeah, they're 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 my most hated. Yeah, for sure. That, so I, that would sting. I know. I know for me as well. So there you go. There's our true, false, over, under, and our team predictions. We think the Mets go to the postseason. We think they make the NLCS. No NL pennant. No World Series. Though this year for the Amazons, we'll close out really quickly with some just roster notes. Ahead of opening day, our guy, Tim LaCastro, did yeah. make the opening day roster. Timmy. And Darren Ruff was DFA'd for assignment after oh a rough experience, if you will, with the Mets. Oh, jeez. Um, I got to tell you, um, Darren Ruff being cut turns me on. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I This was a move, because here's the thing. When they DFA'd Beatty and Vientos, we had all just kind of come well, to they, the conclusion. They, they optioned or, them. Or, or, they optioned them. Whenever they had optioned them down, we said to ourselves, <laughs> he's going to make the roster, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I thought. And the Mets basically said, ha, not so fast. Hate it that it didn't work out for Darren Ruff because, I mean, 
You know, when they acquired him, it made a lot of sense why they made the move with how consistent of a player he had been. Um, not a guy that you wish any ill will against. I think it was just a dude that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, LaCastro, love it for him. Because I thought he played so well in, in in the spring. He brings a little bit of speed. I'll, he'll, he'll be an interesting player. He he is. We've, we've heard. I it. wanted to prove Willie P so wrong because Willie P was on just a oh god massive oh. rant the other day about Lacastro and how he's yeah. You know, I, dude, I, I I just want him to give Willie P the. He bird. is in he is in high A ball, and you know what the with the what the A stands for for Willie P ass. <laughs> uh, di- I mean, dude, yeah, I just like he he is he was such a likable player in the spring. He's just a dude that 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 plays hard. I think you know honestly. We're looking at him as a guy that's kind of like Jankowski will serve a lot in some of those late inning situations mm-hmm. where they're pinch running. And dude, those don't, guys have value. Don't rule him out as a guy that could play in the outfield at times when one of these guys needs a break. Because dude, Tommy Pham was awful in spring trade. He was god awful. That was one. Willie said this, and it people would, might think it's one of the uh, an overreaction. I think he's got a point. That was one of the worst spring trainings we have ever seen from a Met at the plate. That was horrible. <laughs> and so, I mean, look, it, it, clearly that might not be what carries over to the regular season, but I think you could see LaCastro in the outfield at times too. So, yeah, that'd be that, 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 it's cool. It's cool for sure. Tommy Hunter, he also made the opening day roster. You'll see him coming out. One of out. Buck's guys, man. You'll see him coming out of the Mets' bullpen throughout the year. Carlos Carrasco, he will make a start. Uh well he he made a start to, last night in Port St Lucie mm-hmm. he will be mm-hmm. on track to make his regular season debut next week Brooks Rally he also uh, will be ready for opening day as well he just has it's a big. great he just has a great name right like I mean I that's a name that dude, whenever Gary Cohen says that I'm just gonna I'm gonna feel some type of way when he comes in to to to, to, to pitch the baseball oh yeah no this is uh and I mean the thing is like you're gonna love him as well. He's the lefty. Oh yeah, you always love the lefties. Your guy. Now he wasn't. He wasn't anywhere near as good last year in his second stint. Um, maybe this is your new Chase and Shreve. Right oh, here. dude. Oh, oh man. There's something about a lefty, whether they're shooting a basketball or pitching a baseball. You're talking about turning you on. Uh, but <sighs> I don't like left hand left handed quarterbacks. I don't either. I. I but something about a left handed <sighs> pitcher. Um, let's just say I don't need a cup in my pants to show a bulge. Uh, two quick things. Oh my god! Before we get out of here, what? Um, Willie P's guy, Bryce Montes Dioka, he is undergoing uh arthroscopic surgery to remove bone fragments from his right elbow. Willie probably knows the surgeon at uh, the University of Missouri. <laughs> he so, probably yes. does. Yes. Um, and then lastly, 2015. Postseason hero Daniel Murphy. He is signed with the Long Island Ducks, where he will be coached by former Met Welly, uh, Wally Backman. There and, you go. Um, Willie has a complicated uh, love affair with Daniel Murphy. Of course, oh we. Oh my God! What? We love what he did getting the Mets to the World Series. Yes. But was it was it Game Four where we had the fielding error? Yes. Uh, you know, yes. and you know how you know how Eugene is. Like oh you know. My God. You know, he can't take the good with the bad. He just takes the bad. Dude. <laughs> Daniel Murphy played way, way above his expectations leading that team to the World Series. I get it. 
there are a lot of other guys in that series that you could be pissed with as well. That seems a little extreme. I am excited that Daniel Murphy is back playing baseball. A logic extreme? Granite. It's not with a major league affiliated team. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a separate league. Um, but I, th- I mean, tons of cool stuff there. Like if you're if you're on Long Island, go check him out because you're gonna have him. Wally Backman's the manager. I, I think it's just a cool experience all around, and hopefully he'll be able to get out to a Mets game or two, and they can honor him the way that he should be honored. Even though Willie doesn't think that, because Willie, again, playing high A ball, the A standing for ass. Well, guys, that is our look at the or, or, or our preview for the 2023. Baseball season for our beloved New York Mets, which does get underway tomorrow, 4:10 Eastern on SNY. The Mets will be in Miami taking on the Marlins. It'll be Max Scherzer on the mound for uh, by, New York. By the way, sing your song. I know you want to sing it. What? Welcome to Miami. No, I'm not going to sing that. Oh, you do it every other time. Um, You know, so you have Max Scherzer on the mound for the Mets, Sandy Alcantara, he'll be on the mound for the Marlins, and what will be a great way to kick off what we hope will be a fun and exciting 2023 baseball season for the Mets. And, of course, we'll be here all year long talking about the team. Uh, And with that, guys, we do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Flushing's Finest Podcast, and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate and review the pod. But more importantly, guys, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of our coverage throughout the baseball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Once again, I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, let's go Mets. Put it in the box.